One of my favorite things about being on the Ohio State campus on this vacation was a restaurant called Eddie George's. We went in there. He used to play for the Buckeyes, and now he went on to the NFL. And one of the, the coolest things I saw on my whole trip, there were two things about the bathroom. The first, <laughs> the first thing, the, the urinals in Eddie George's restaurant, you know what they all had in them? A Michigan M. <laughs> That was awesome. The other thing I thought was actually kind of weird was right above the urinals was a two-way uh, mirror where you, you could actually stand there and see people eating in the restaurant, which I thought was kind of weird at first, but then I thought it'd probably be more weird the other way around. But uh, we, we had a good time. You'll be hearing a little bit more about our vacation uh, in a little bit, but it is good to be back. You know, we have family in Ohio that we love and uh, love being with. We have physical family here in Arizona, and we've got spiritual family as well. So we feel just triply blessed wherever we're at to, to be able to enjoy that. And uh, mom and dad, glad, glad you are here tonight. I'd like to pray. Lord, I thank you so much for what you're doing in our world, in our community, in our church, and other churches around the world, the church of Jesus Christ, what you're doing to advance your kingdom. And I just pray tonight that as we enter into a, a night of prayer, that the prayers that go up would not leave us the same, uh, that would, they would not leave our world the same, that you'd hear them and respond in, in mighty ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I jump into where we're going tonight, I just got to say, I, got, I had the chance to listen uh, to the past two weeks, Scott's message and Aaron's message, and I knew we were in good hands before we left, but man, I was so encouraged and challenged by the word that they brought, and I'm so thankful for just the team that God's brought here, what they did and what you all did. It's just testimony that this is a body. This is not built around any one or two people. This is a body of Christ, and together... We keep moving forward. What, what, a, what a cool thing that is. But on prayer night tonight, I wanted to wrestle with a question. I want to wrestle with the question, and I want you to wrestle with it with me. Are we a group of people who are truly and wholly satisfied in God's presence? Is God's presence enough for you and I to be content, uh, to be at peace, to be satisfied? Or have we come to the place where we require something more than that? And if we have come to the place where we require something more than that, should that concern us? Is that something we should spend some time thinking about? That's the issue in Psalm 131. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn there with me as we set the stage for this evening of prayer. Some of you love to read. How many people love to read in here? Some of you hate to read. Any of those here tonight? Okay. The latter group will love this psalm. Sometimes, you know, David just gushes and he keeps on going. He keeps on going and you're like, when does this end? Psalm 131 has three verses. So for all the people who don't like to read... David wrote this for you. Psalm 131, verse 1. He starts out, 
My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. And I want to start out in verse 1 there and look at what David's wrestling with. He says, My heart's not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. And what's it mean to be proud? What's it mean to have haughty eyes? It means that I think life is all about me, right? It means I think I'm at the center of my universe. And everything that goes on around me is designed for my pleasure. And if it doesn't go that way, I'm going to melt down. When he says, I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me, when he talks about great matters, what he's talking about is those things that are selfish ambitions in our lives. When we put our kingdom above God's kingdom and above everyone else in our world. He says, I don't concern myself with those things. You know, today we might think of some of them are even good things, but when they jump to the top of our list, you know, when, when we think thoughts like, hey, God, if you bring in this much money at my business this month, then I'll love you and follow you and serve you and I'll be joyful. Hey, God, if you make sure my health stays strong, then I'll love you. Then I'll love the people around me. Then I'll be content. Hey, God, if you give me relationships with the people around me where all of them are very easy to get along with and there's no strife and no turmoil, then I will love you and love the people around me. It's all about me and what's easy. And it's very conditional. You hear that? That's what David's talking about in the first verse. But verse 2 is the core of where we want to go tonight. He says, But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. And this is such a wonderful picture. If you've ever been a mother or seen a mother with a child, especially a mother that breastfeeds her child, when that child is an infant in that process of breastfeeding, when it gets around its mother, what's the primary reason it's a, that, that little baby gets so excited? Milk. It's so excited about what mom can give to the baby, right? And that's what we're like when, when we get excited only about what God can give us. We're like that unweaned baby. We get more excited about what he can give us than actually who he is. But the picture in this verse says, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. So if all progresses as it should, over time the mother weans that child off the breast milk to where that child then begins to eat regular food. And the picture here is of that weaned child sitting peacefully on his mother's lap in his mother's arm, 
Not frantically trying to see what he can get from his mother, but just enjoying the relationship, enjoying the presence of his mother. And what David's trying to drive us to is that needs to be us in our relationship with God. We need to be like that weaned child that is totally content with God's presence and God's presence alone, even above the good things that he likes to bring into our lives. That's why he says, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. Don't put your hope in your circumstances. Put your hope in the relationship that you have with him. And what happens when we do that, we become at rest like that little baby. We become at peace. We become joyful. We become contented. And I think we also become better ambassadors, as Aaron talked about last week. And I'm going to give you two examples of two flights on my vacation to contrast this verse 1 and verse 2. Because I saw verse 1 and verse 2 in my own life. Some of this is going to be a little bit like confession. So if you don't come back next week, I understand. If you hear me say this and you freak out, I understand. But I'm just trying to be real. There was one flight where I was the verse 1 dude. I was proud. I was haughty. I was all about selfish ambition. I was all about, okay, as long as this flight goes peacefully and we get there peacefully, I'm good. And all these people on the plane around me, honestly, I didn't think these thoughts, but looking back, you know how we are. This is how I was feeling. All these people around me on the plane, they're just potential obstacles to that peaceful flight. And if any of them happen to get in the way of that peaceful flight, I'm going off. It was just one of those kind of days. It was all about me in a peaceful flight with my family. And, and I'll tell you what happened because it was all about me. I was walking down the aisle of the plane and I had just taken one of the boys to the bathroom, which that in itself is an adventure. One time I took both of them. If you ever had three people in an air, airplane bathroom. Well, I'm walking back with one of the boys to the seat and one guy had uh, his luggage out in the aisle and I accidentally kicked it. And when I kicked it, it went out into the aisle like about halfway out. And I knew if that was my luggage, I would like to know about it. So I reached down to tell the guy who was watching a movie on his computer. I said, hey, I accidentally kicked your bag out. It's in the middle of the aisle. And, and he literally just looked at me and gave me the biggest eye roll like this and went back to watching his movie. And I'm like, I was just trying to be nice, man. Tell your bag's in the aisle. So that happens. I sit down, whatever. But it was the next thing that pushed me over the top. I was telling Bill and Kendra about this with Carolyn at our missional community on Wednesday. I was actually justifying it at the time. <laughs> God's been working on me. I sat down and Jaden sat down next to me and I, all I did was put his tray table down to put a computer on so he could watch a movie. And as we all know, he put the tray table down. It shakes the chair in front of you a little bit. The lady in that chair turned around with the harshest scowl you can imagine. Just, and she, she held it there for a second. And I looked at her and I said, that's just the way it is when you fly until you get your own private jet. So get used to it. I've got to tell you, if I'm honest, if I'm honest, that felt really good. 
It felt awesome. <laughs> and I spent four days trying to justify it to Carolyn. I try to justify it at my missional community. But God keeps working on me this week. And God brings me to this point where he said, yes, you're probably within your rights. Okay, she, she, was, she had gone a little overboard. You're probably within your human rights, natural rights to say what you said. But I haven't called you to live a natural life. I've called you to live a supernatural life. And what really convicted me and what led me to say sorry to God was two things that as I look back at that flight, about an hour later, I had thought about getting my Bible out to read a little bit. (laughs) And I didn't dare get that out because I knew if she happened to look back and see me reading the Bible, what's she going to think? Oh, that's a Christian, huh? Exactly what I need. And when one other thing happened, when we got to where we get our baggage off, me and Carolyn and the kids were waiting, and, and I saw that same lady. She was elderly, and her bag came around. And I know that if I had been walking in the Spirit and I had been kind to her on the plane, when her bag came around and I saw her grab it, I would have helped her because it was a heavy bag. But I wasn't ready to apologize. We were at odds because of my dumb pride. And I blew a chance just to show the love of Jesus. That's, that's verse 1. Okay, that's my confession. All right, I did confess that to God. Verse 2, there was another flight. Verse 2 says, I've stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child. There's another flight where I was at peace. It was, we, we had uh, gotten ready and we got on the plane. And, you know, like I say, all these thoughts weren't going through word by word. But I was in the mode that, hey, God, looking forward to a day here. It's, it's you, me, and my family. Whatever you want to do. Let's do it. And we sat down next to a lady who, who started talking. And I've got to admit, some of you may not know this. Even though I enjoy groups of people and talking up here and being in groups, there's part of me that's an introvert too. Like I, I recharge by reading and music and, and being out by the fire pit in the backyard. So I don't always get recharged by talking. So I wasn't necessarily feeling like, like talking But this lady started talking about she was going to Ohio for a seminar about restoration companies. She was in a brand new restoration company that comes in after fires and and floods. And and she started talking about that. And I told her about Epi Vicente, a good friend of mine who does that here. He's been doing it for years, maybe a couple decades and I told her about Epi, and I said, I don't, you know, it'd be a small chance if he's at the same seminar as you, but if he is, you got to meet him. And we got to talking about her business. She asked what we did, and I told her about the church plant. And then at the end, I wanted to give her Epi's phone number. And I thought about what I could write it down on. It could be on any old piece of paper, or it could be on my church business card. You know, so I wrote it on the back of the church business card, gave it to her. And, you know, at the very least, she knows that there is someone that goes to a church in Arizona that cared enough about her to give her a, a business lead, and maybe she'll go check out the website and see what we're all about. I don't know. Two very different results because one flight was all about me. One flight was, hey, I'm content with you, God, and whatever you got going today, I'm with you. We all have those moments, right? I want us to wrestle with that tonight. Is life all about me or is it all about God's presence? Am I satisfied with God's presence regardless of what's going on around me? Or do I require something more? 
One other part of that vacation that made me think about that, there were three guys, I, I told you we went to the Ohio State University, guys that I grew up with. One guy I went to kindergarten with. A lot of these guys were in my wedding. All four of us hadn't been together in the same room for 15 years. And we went down to Columbus, and we had all this cool stuff planned that we started doing throughout the day. We went to the Ohio State University, went in the locker room where the basketball team has their lockers. That's the team that was in the Final Four last year that lost to Scott's team. But they were in the Final Four, so I made sure to touch all the lockers so I could say I touched all their lockers. And, and we saw the court, and later on we went to that Eddie George's Sports Grill, and we went to a place called Magic Mountain that had go-karts because one guy wanted to avenge a loss on a go-kart track 15 years ago. And he won. And then we went to uh, Dave and & Buster's, and we went to a AAA baseball game. But at the end of the day, one of the guys said, I'm not feeling too good. Could we go back to the hotel? We, we actually left the game early. And what was interesting is we talked to him. He's actually got a disease that only 500 people that they know of in our country have. I can't even pronounce it. It's cancer-like, but they don't know exactly what it is. So he's starting chemotherapy, but he couldn't keep doing all these activities. He was getting worn down. But the, here's the thing. You know, the most meaningful part of that adventure with those old friends wasn't the go-karts. It wasn't Ohio State University. It was the, the two or three hours we spent in that hotel room with him, all sharing about what God's done in our lives, what he's been up to the past 15 years, the ups and downs, and, and praying with each other. Because at the end of the day, it wasn't so much about all the, the fun things. It was about being together after 15 years. And I can't help but wonder if there's some people in here, you think about your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Maybe it's been 15 years since you've slowed down enough to just enjoy his presence. Maybe you've been caught up in, God, you got to do this for me or I'm not going to be happy. God, you got to do this. God, you got to... Maybe it hasn't been 15 years. Maybe it's been 10 or 5 or a month or, or two weeks. My hope is that as we enter into this season of prayer, is that you'll have time to be satisfied in the presence of God. Just talk to him. Just listen to him. And my encouragement tonight would be there's, there's, there's times and places and we're definitely told in the word to ask God for what we need. I'm not saying that's not there. But for tonight, can we try just to be satisfied with his presence alone? We're going to have two 10-minute segments of prayer. And while we have those, we'll have some slides up here that have some verses about God's presence. We'll have some slides up here with some quotes about God's presence. If you want to pray alone or with a spouse, that's what all these rows up here are for. If you want to experience God's presence through some, some of the rest of his children, that's what the circles in the back are for. If you need somebody to pray with. I just hope we come out of here as a group of people who can truly say, I'm satisfied with God's presence and God's presence alone. Lord, we need your help for that because we're so easily distracted God, we do, if we're honest, want more than your presence if we're going to be content or at peace or at rest. But you say in your word, you're enough. You say, taste and see that, that I am good. So, Lord, I pray that your spirit would move in this room. 
that you'd help us to be satisfied in you and you alone. Help us to trust you that we're not going to lose anything by doing that. That will actually help us enjoy all the good gifts you give us even more because we're no longer looking to them for our satisfaction. We're looking to you. God, bring us to that place. As we take our offering in a moment, Lord, I pray that it would be one more reflection of our hearts of gratitude, one more reflection that we are satisfied in you, that we do trust you. We're content with you like that weaned baby on his mother's lap. In Jesus' name, amen.